Hey, Dan Talks listeners, welcome to another episode of Dan Talks. I'm Dan Van Note, and this week I'm talking to Joe Dakosh, who is a singer-songwriter uh, who is Lebanese-American, hot, and gay. So, puts him perfectly in the Venn diagram of who I would talk to on Dan Talks. He was in Lebanon when we had our conversation, just yesterday actually, and uh, I was just excited to hear more about his background, his uh, artistic career, and some of the, the love stories that he puts into his music. So, Without further ado, here is the hot, the talented, Joe Dakash. Okay, Joe Dakash, um, tell me the story of your life in geographies. You mean like where have I lived, where I'm from, yes, and where I'm yes, currently at? Yes, I feel at? like you have a, a story I've never heard before. It It is quite moving. Um, <laughs> I was born in Lebanon, raised in Lebanon until I was seven. And then my family picked up, moved to America, um, a small town, Kernersville, North Carolina. So it's so wild. People are like, how did you leave the Middle East and end up in the most Southern, conservative, essentially white place you could end up in? Like, I have no idea. Because, you know, people think you leave Lebanon, you end up like New York, Los Angeles, somewhere, you know, people, but like, who's ever heard of Kernersville, North Carolina? Um, But landed there uh spent basically my whole childhood there from from the time i was seven until i left for school uh undergrad which i did in nashville tennessee and then during my time in nashville i actually did a program in los angeles for six months became obsessed with the city for very obvious reasons it's la um so after my time in nashville moved out to los angeles lived in burbank um, and then COVID hit, moved back to North Carolina, started working remote. Um, and then basically every month I'm up, I'm up and down the coast between DC and New York, uh, doing shows mostly with So Far Sounds. And then as of recently, I'm now back in Lebanon for the first time in 15 years. So it's crazy. It's like an emotional roller coaster. Everyone's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't know. Cause one second I'm obsessed. And then the next minute I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, do you feel like you have sense memory from growing up there that it's like like the smells and sights and sounds are the same? I don't know if I have that. I wish I was a little bit more in tune. I feel like that'd be really cool if I could say yes. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be like, yes, oh my goodness. It's like in my blood. No, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't. Um, but things do randomly like come back to you that you've like completely forgotten about and like haven't even thought of and then like i'm driving up the up the coast with my aunt earlier today she's like there's uncle abdo's school and i was like oh my gosh i remember it it's so like once you see it because you can hear about it right oh your uncle abdo had a school here in, in town and i'm like okay cool yeah i don't remember it but seeing it and being on the road and having my relative who haven't seen in 15 years tell me and show me it like it's crazy how just something that's so forgotten about and in the back of your mind just can quickly come to the front. And this is your first time, obviously, being in Lebanon since you've come out, like to yourself and to others, right? So how is it yes. being a gay yes. person there? Emotional. It's 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 a lot to take in, honestly. Um, so I'm out, everybody knows. My whole family here knows. Um, I think the hardest part is having to relive a coming out conversation almost 
every second you know the hardest part when you come out is is saying it and then it's it's just i don't have to say it in america anymore you know like i just walk around no one asks and if they ask i say yeah and it's just you know it's casual and is whatever is that but to have to actually go through the motion of essentially even though they know explaining to them because you know they live in lebanon they're not i hate to put it this way but as aware of the lgbtq community and of its history as you know other parts of the world are so i think having to almost educate them on on this topic and having to make sure you have enough patience because it's essentially not their fault that they are educated enough on this so you have to almost find the patience to be able to have these conversations and then you know in lebanon one of the things they always say is uh which essentially means i can't wait to marry you off and and have kids from you so i can be proud of you and your children to come and so everyone keeps saying that and i'm like you're not gonna get that from me you'll get it from my brother who'll give you 55 kids you're not gonna get it from me and then you know sometimes they respond with anger with they don't understand and you just have to almost walk them through how how this is my dad put it in a really good way he said you know everyone here believes not everyone there's a lot of uh open-minded people here who never had to be educated on the subject or the topic and just truly believe everyone should live their own life the way the way they were made but you know a vast majority especially i come from a christian very conservative catholic background uh believe it's you know it's the Bible says this, the Bible says that. But my dad put it in a really good way. He said, here, a lot of people believe uh, you chose your sexuality the way a four-year-old picks a sport in, in, in elementary school. Like, do you want to play soccer or do you want to play basketball? So he's like, they they just believe it's like as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Which, given that, um, you would choose gay, right? If given the choice. I would choose gay. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what I would choose. If I had a choice, I don't know what I would choose. I think I've actually said this before, and this is going to sound idiotic to some people because obviously you sexuality has nothing to do with being open-minded or closed-minded. But I still feel, I've said this before, if I could be anything, I wish I was the sexuality. I don't know its name. Um, but the one where you fall in love with someone's soul Mm-hmm. Do you know the the name I of that know. sexuality? I do like, know. It's um, it's it's not like psychosexual. It, it's some term that it's like oh, it has nothing gosh. to do with someone's gender or their body. Yeah, couldn't be us. <laughs> yeah, if if I could choose, it would be that because honestly, uh-huh. I, I think it's so beautiful for someone to just fall in love with someone's soul. I don't care if you have this. I don't care if you have that. Mm-hmm. I just love you. Like I just feel like that's a level of love that's way beyond our sexual our sexuality could mm-hmm. find you know because you truly don't care you truly like do not see anything about the person you just see inside that person i think that's so beautiful so if i could choose i would choose that that's a beautiful answer um what is the like level of love that you found in a gay relationship so far uh, i found you know, to me, for, for what I know, it was love. Maybe if you speak to somebody else, I, I feel like love is very subjective. But for my experience and for what I know about love and about relationships, um, in three months, literally in three months. Okay, so we lost Joe, but Joe's going to come back, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Joe, okay. I'm I asked... sitting on the back patio. Okay. Okay. This is much better already. I remember. You... I remember. I heard you. I was sitting on the back patio and the sun overheated my phone. Amazing. <laughs> okay. So now we're cooled down. You were it saying goes, temperature so... too high. Cool down. <laughs> you were saying uh, three months in just three months. Yeah. So I, I started seeing this guy. We dated for three months. He was closeted. I was open at the time. Um, and weirdly, and we spent three months together and I didn't realize I loved him until the last night we were together. And then having no idea that was going to be our last time together. And then the relationship ended. This is pretty good material for songwriting. It is. Oh, it absolutely is. And everyone <laughs> said that to me when the breakup happened. I'm like, fuck music. I don't want to write it. Like, it's like, I don't fucking care if it's good material. I don't care about the material. I just want him. You know, like when you're going through that, the last thing on your mind is, is your career. And I mean, I, I guess that's how you really know it's love because if it can take the place of the thing that you were the most passionate about, that right there shows you, like nobody could take music away from me. Nobody could take my passion and my love for, for what I do away from me. But the fact that, you know, him leaving me was essentially the best thing that happened in my career. I would erase everything to be able to have that back. I'm like, okay, that's got to be love. What else could it be? I feel like a lot of your music is about contradiction or sort of this, like, I want this, but I, I'm sort of standing in my own way. Does that ring true to you? In what sense? Sorry. Well, there's the, I think it's body talk where you're, it's about like wanting to be intimate with somebody, but then your own sort of Catholic yeah. shame, which I was raised Catholic as well. Shout out to them. Um, Were you? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I was. Past tense. Um, <laughs> do, is that? So yeah, definitely. It rings yeah. true to that. I wrote body talking back, what, 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so funny because it's landed on like over... 35,000 maybe playlists now and all the plays are like fuck me hard daddy my sex playlist intimacy right. like it's all literally right. every all your playlist that I see is like a sex playlist <laughs> and I'm like wow this is hilarious because the song is written com completely about something different I didn't even write it knowing it sounded like like I literally wrote the song um I started showing it to some friends showed it to my professor at school I was in the songwriting program at the time and everyone's like this is baby making music I'm like really <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I wrote that song because it was so hard for me up through my 20s. It was hard for me even after coming out to be intimate in any sort of way with a guy, not only, you know, fully intimate, but even other other aspects of, you know, private room. Mm -hmm. It was really hard um, because I would just get in my head, even though I knew like, oh, what I'm doing is fine. Like, something in the back of your head just made you feel like this guilt that would just come out and you would feel ashamed and instantly you would just my body would shut off and my mind would shut off mm -hmm. guys would be like are you okay and i'm like i don't know like i would literally become so anxious and i would just not only physically but mentally shut down mm -hmm. um so yeah body talking was just written essentially about getting out of your own way and letting just letting your body be free and speak however it wants to speak Speaking of the body, was um, you working out and getting really hot from like as a result of the breakup? Was that the oh, breakup that, that was the impetus for Abs it? Absolutely. You want to laugh, <laughs> by the way? When we broke up, so I knew, uh, I didn't know the gym he went to, but I remembered God. it was next to, I remembered it was next to a, a Belk. 
because one time we were meeting up and I was really lost. And I didn't know where I was picking him up from. And he was like, it's close to this belt. And I was like, okay. Belk is a department so I remember, store in the South for people who don't know. Belt, right. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, I just remembered that, that it was in this city where there was a Belk near it. Okay. So fast forward now, um, a month and a half or however long go by. One of my friends, we had, this is before he and I break up, by the way. This is like where he'd started getting distant and then broke up with me a few days later. But at this point, he just like, wasn't responding. I had fully thought this man got in a car accident. I started Googling his name with car accident after it because he was so uh, communicative with me. He had never once went a day without texting me. And this had now been four days I hadn't heard from him. So I'm like, something has happened. And I was texting Moser. So I was like, he's not ghosting me. Something happened. Um, <laughs> Shout out to everybody and- who's, who thinks they got in a car accident. They did not get in a car accident. <laughs> They're not having car I'm troubles. Like, no way he wouldn't. Everyone's car is always <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Everyone's like, if he wanted to, he would. I'm like, if he wanted he to, he could. He just can't. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So fast forward. This is a couple of days before we break up. Uh, my friend's like, Joe, like it's the new year. Let's go to the gym. This has been something that's been on my mind anyway. I'm like, okay, fine. We get in the car together. We live in a town 30 minutes from, from the town where, my, where this gym is. So we're driving and I'm like, this road looks really familiar. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And then I see the bell and I'm like, stop. I'm like, is this your gym? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, I can't get out. This is his gym. He hasn't <laughs> responded to me. What if like he's in there and he's, I'm going to look like a psycho. She's like, just get out. Like, it'll be fine. I'm like, okay, fine. So I get out. I'm literally so anxious all the time. I'm not going to like text him. Like, oh my gosh, so funny. My friend took me to your, like, I'm like, I look like a psychopath. Um, two days later, I get the text. He's not able to be with me. He's closeted. He knows I deserve happiness and yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm like broken down. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to get really hot. I'm like, I'm just going (laughs) to keep going to this gym. So I swear to God, I went to that gym every day. And I think because it was his gym, it like drove me to keep going. I was like, maybe if I get hot and it's in his face. Mm-hmm. but it's so funny because I would, I knew his work schedule and I did not want to run into him. I was mm-hmm. terrified of running into him. Mm-hmm. So I would go around his work schedule. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what's the point of even going to this gym when I know I'm never going to run into him, but something about it, just like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's because of him. I went to the gym. I was like, and anytime I'd be in the gym, let's say I was doing bench press. If I couldn't do it in, if I couldn't, if I didn't have one left in me, I'd be like, he can do 10. I'm going to do 10. It would just push you to do more. Um, and then I coincidentally ran into him a few times there. And it was, it was hell. It was terrible. <laughs> no matter how good people are always like, you want to look good when you're into an ex. No matter how good you look, it doesn't change the fact that it feels like shit. Mm-hmm. And you still leave feeling like shit. Oh, I know I look like a fucking 10, but I left going, I look like a pig. Mm. I look like the minute you see them, you're like, I look disgusting. <laughs> mm, interesting. Interesting. I, I made a piece once about it was called the body issue where I died in exercise for 100 days and then took a picture like in front of an audience. And, and it was like, sort of this like, I was explicitly in conversation with, uh, with a breakup that I had, had and sort of used audio yeah. from all these talk shows about the best revenge is success or looking good or whatever. Um, it's a bizarre. It, it, what I found was that it's not enough to continue your like, it's enough to start, but it's not enough to continue like a fitness journey. Is that what you found, yeah. or, or it still fills your tank? Like you're, you're like every bench press. You're like, no, I no, no. About this. <laughs> no, I completely agree. It was an amazing place to start. It, more than just my fitness journey and and 
my transformation physically. I think it's given me a mental transformation mm -hmm. because when you work out, I mean, whatever it is, I'm just going to use workout as an outlet here. Mm -hmm. It can be baking, cooking, whatever it is for each individual. But for me, it was fitness and going to the gym. Growing up, I didn't really have a lot of straight male friends because I always struggled feeling I like this isn't my place. They're masculine. I'm not like I don't fit in here. Going to the gym and specifically my gym had a lot of just very supportive men. Like they'd see you benching, they'd come and they'd talk to you. So you were kind of like just thrown into this ring and you're just like, oh, you start talking and making conversation. Um, and then as I began my fitness journey and feeling more confident and comfortable with my body and my masculinity and my femininity and just everything in between, I think if it wasn't for the breakup, I wouldn't be in the mindset that I'm in now, which is just peace and comfort, mm. which I did not have before. Mm. which I didn't have before or I would, I would have in small pockets of time. And now I feel just exists. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember the last time I felt not at peace or not centered. I, I still circle the weight area. I'm like, maybe next time. Do you? <laughs> yes. It's a struggle. Dude, literally for the first five days, there's an upstairs at the gym and then there's a downstairs. Upstairs is turf with the five pounds and the two point five. So it's it's essentially like the ab. You know the the girls that do like uh, yoga. It's essentially yes, the, I'm the girls. The I am spot. the girls. Yes. Oh, I stood there for five days. I I refused <laughs> to go down to the weight area. It's terrifying. And then my friend showed me a video, and I was like, wow. And it was these guys. It's a group of four guys making fun of this one guy who's squatting incorrectly. And then and this guy made a, a stitch to the video where he essentially tore them a new asshole saying what's so funny and fucked up is everyone in the gym started off like this guy that's here squatting like no one just walks into the gym looking like the hulk mm -hmm. everybody starts somewhere and when she showed me that i was like okay so now when i'm down there if anyone wants to say something i'm just gonna know in my mind ah, ha, ha, you started off here too mm -hmm. and i think that helps mm -hmm. how were you i, I want to talk about you being on tv multiple times so talk to me about the like for America's Got Talent, to be on the stage in front of the celebrities and to be like singing, was that such a mind trip? You know, it wasn't a mind trip. Um, I, I wish I could say it was, but it really wasn't. It felt very normal. Um, I don't, maybe it's because we're talking about like feeling centered. I also had an amazing coach. So uh, shout out Courtney Harrell the best i wouldn't even say coach just the best human to ever exist in my life she helped me so much we had actually been working together for about five five five-ish years she's one of the producers with agt america's got talent and every year it just wasn't working out and she would kind of coach me through what why it's not working and about finding a centered space that you're singing from and about connecting to something greater than yourself and just having worked with her for so much and i remember the day of the audition uh, we had sound check earlier in the morning and Courtney said to me, she goes, listen, I want you to remember when you go out there, um, you're not here to impress anybody. You're not here to try to get anyone on your team. We America's got talent have found you Me and the other producers love what you do. We're putting you in front of this panel of judges saying, yo, we found something really cool. Do you want to jump on this too or not? If not, it's totally cool. If you do more than welcome. And when she put it in that way, it kind of took away the feeling of this is an interview, this is an audition. And it made it feel like this is just a performance. And I remember thinking in my head, I sang, um, I sang two songs, but the one that really spoke to me was Brandy Carlisle's uh, The Joke. 
and that just like really connected with me because if you're not, if you're not familiar with the song the way i understood it was people are going to laugh at you for the way you look for the way you speak for who you are but at the end of the day the jokes on them because you're being authentic to yourself so having courtney given me that uh that speech we just talked about and then taking into consideration the words of that song and just really falling into the vulnerability knowing that when i'm up there and i'm singing on stage and it does air which by the way my audition never aired but once it airs i was like anyone sitting at home right now is going to hear these words and hopefully like this will rest like if you if you're getting bullied if you feel like you're not good enough whatever it is you're going through like i'm having the opportunity right now to help somebody so it almost takes you out of your own clothes and your own mind and it doesn't feel like oh my gosh this is about me i'm getting this opportunity like yada 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 like i'm on a trip and it centers you and it reminds you that at the end of the day everything that you do is so much bigger than you everything every interaction you have is so much greater than you and so i think that just helped me have um, a centered place to, to be on stage, right? And you also sing songs in Arabic, which conveniently the pronouns are all male in Arabic. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. I just <laughs> so started. Your love by songs the way. are great. Uh huh. I just, <laughs> I just started. Um, there's two singers. One, his name is Saad Ramadan, Lebanese, and a, and a girl, her name is Nancy Ajdam. They're very, very big artists here in Lebanon. Um, and me and my sister one night were listening to, she was showing me one of his new songs. And usually, typically in Lebanese uh, music, the lyrics are so poetic. And the production is very, uh, you know, rooted in Arabic culture. So I don't know how to produce that music. I don't know how, I barely know how to get by speaking Arabic, let alone to be poetic in the way I'm crafting a song. But she showed me a song by him and then by Nancy. And it was, the production was very Western. Like that's the first thing I picked up on was the kick and the snare sounded like something out of a Julia Michaels song. And the lyrics were just very casual conversational lyrics. So I looked over at my sister and I was like, Julie, I could do this. Like this is Western production and these lyrics are just very simple. She was like, do you want to try? I said, sure. So we sat down at, what was it? Like maybe like two in the morning. I opened my laptop, got my logic, my little dawn, everything out, and we started producing the song. And then I, like from there, we just wrote the whole song, recorded all of the vocals. And then the next day I was listening to the song and I was like, Julie, this is kind of a bop. And I made an Instagram video out of it. I was like, haha, like we'll never know what happens here. And the video blew up mm-hmm. on, on Instagram, on TikTok. And it's, it was so wild because uh, we really viewed America's Got Talent. By the way, my sister, my mom, my dad, my grandma, my brother, they all flew out to LA and they were there at the audition and we viewed America's Got Talent as my way into the Lebanese uh, community. Cause it's been something that I've like really been wanting for a while is having a fan base from where I'm from. And on AGT we spoke, you know, the Mayas who had won previously this, the season prior uh, were Lebanese. So like me and Terry like before I get, go onto the stage, we're like, yeah, like we representing Lebanon again. Like the whole time it was just, everything was about being Lebanese and hoping that, uh, you know, we could really pick up on the Lebanese crowd. Um, I heard that my audition wasn't gonna air two days before I posted this video on Instagram. Two days later, I posted this video on Instagram and it goes viral in the Lebanese community. <laughs> so it's just like so wild how, how that all worked out. So now how much longer, do you have a return flight to the United States? What's next? Honestly, I don't, I honestly don't. So I got my my uh, trip here one way, and I'm I'm just hanging out. Are you, I'm, are I'm you just open enjoying to finding it. love in a hopeless place. 
I oh, absolutely am. I've been going on so many dates. <laughs> to, I have a date tonight. I have a date tonight at 10. Uh-huh. I have a date tomorrow in the, in the at afternoon. At 10 p.m.? And then a date tom- tonight, my date is 10 p.m. Okay, We're planned? going to grab... Oh, wow. here. No, 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 no. Lebanon does not sleep. It goes okay. until like 7 in the morning. The okay, other night, fine. I was calling my Uber. <laughs> I was staying in a city called Batroun, and my friends were in Beirut, so it's like 45 minutes away. I called my Uber to get to them at two in the morning. <laughs> two in the morning, I'm I'm leaving to go to the bar. No, uh-huh. things here do not shut down. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, it's it's been it's been interesting. I will say one of the hardest parts about about dating in Lebanon is in America when you're going on a date. You know, you're not you don't have to overthink things. You can you can if you're feeling it in the moment and you guys like are liking each other when you get up, you can hold his hand. You can you're not overthinking what how loud is my voice what what is the topic of conversation and is it going to draw attention you're just like fully mm-hmm. free mm-hmm. with the person you are on the date with whereas here every guy i've been on a date with has been discreet because majority of the people here that i've that i've come in contact with are not out and so it's interesting because when we're talking on facetime it can lead more romantic but when mm-hmm. we're out in in public it's very friendly mm-hmm. friend friend based mm-hmm. and i have to overthink like essentially i become paranoid am i going to out you accidentally mm-hmm. by by the way mm-hmm. i'm looking at you because you know like when you like someone you just like kind of give right. them those eyes and i'm like i'm i'm being paranoid that i'm going to out this person and it's just mm-hmm. it sucks it makes mm-hmm. dating here so hard when i'm sitting at drinks with the sky the other night i'm like overthinking like okay don't drink too much because you don't want to accidentally like hold his hand or something so you just like you're very cautious and walking on eggshells here, mm-hmm. which makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably not difficult to meet them because you're cute. <laughs> Thank you. Right though, like you're sort I of like trade in, in Le- like trade of Lebanon, right? I pre- I, I don't know about that, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, I look forward to witnessing all your success in music, and uh, I'm sure you'll find love in many places whatever place you choose i'm sure you'll find love (laughs) that's very kind thank you thank you thanks for coming on joe yeah of course thank you for having me dan